0: A lot of pressure, a lot of talk, uh, and this so yeah, so no so is so <laughs> a lot of turnovers. Is that the first one you've seen me? It's an X. Pod BN. And, and we are recording. Uh, this is Pod BN coming to you still from uh, our houses and not from the Play normal esports studio as usual. Today we're going to talk to Jeannie Hamilton from the Bloomington Public Library about what's been going on there during this crisis and um, if it's had any bigger effects on the library's plans. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors first. Thank you to Play Normal Esports. I want to tell a quick story to thank them for some care they gave to my laptop recently. My son dropped it, cracked the screen, um, Play Normal did some work on it trying to fix it, and. No, I'm sorry. Um, Normal Gadgets. Get them confused. Same building. Normal Gadgets did some uh, work on it, tried to fix it, and um, they were not able to, but they were able to give me the information I needed to get uh, my insurance uh, claim processed, and State Farm did a great job with my personal articles policy getting that all paid off. So we have a new, fresh laptop here to record on, and um, thanks to Normal Gadgets for helping us out with that. And also thank you for B- to BRE Law. Make sure to look them up, BRE Law Online, and uh, they are they are open handling calls. Give them a call if you've got any legal issues. They can help you out. And uh, with no further ado, I will say hi to Jeannie. Hello. Hi. Thank you for coming and chatting with me today. I know that um, business is not as usual in the library, so I'm sure you are got a lot of demands on your time right now. Um, so I've been going to the, I've been following the library stuff a lot cause I'm a big, um, big library guy and, uh, but I'm assuming a lot of people don't know what's been going on the last few months with the COVID situation. So can you kind of talk a little bit about maybe go back to March and what what's happened at the library since, uh, since everything changed around here?
1: Well, since everyone, um, probably experienced the same thing, um, things, uh, really were at a rapid pace in March. Um, we, we did have a little bit of warning before we shut our doors um, and we were able to tell the public and we, were, we had a lot of people in those, those last couple days that we were open um, and, and we switched to a curbside model um, right away uh, after we closed the doors and then um, I think that lasted about a week and um, then everything really shut down with uh, the governor's order. Um, and so we switched um, pretty quickly to a work at home model for all our staff and providing a lot of um, reference service through email and um, really promoting our digital collection. Um, we were in a really good spot um, that we've been curating our digital collection for years now. Um, I think we first had ebooks in 2006. Um, and so uh, we do have a, a robust collection there, and so we were in a good spot for um, to be able to provide that.
0: So, so when you were trying to make the decision about what to do with the building again, before the governor's orders, what kind of considerations came into play with that
1: um, so the the library community is pretty tight knit. So I was able to um, hear a lot of um, what other libraries were doing, and that helped inform decisions. Um, the Chicago suburbs definitely started closing before we did, um, so they they were a little bit ahead of us, and so we could use some of their plans and ideas that way. Um, and and then of course looking at locally what um, different organizations were doing. Um, Typically, like, if there were um, an emergency snow closure, we would be able to look a little bit to what the schools are doing um, just as a, a gauge. And um, this time the schools were on spring break, so that really didn't help us out. But um, we could kind of see things like that, similar organizations, what they were, um, what direction they were looking at.
0: Why were the suburbs going first?
1: Um, just, I think, with being the proximity to Chicago, um, there were more cases there um, than we were seeing here. We um, we saw the virus come to our area just a little bit, um, a little bit behind what okay. they were seeing up there.
0: All right. Um, how was that from a? Uh, I mean, was this anything that you've ever? I guess you said snow days are kind of like this, but like, what's going through your mind when you're trying to cope with all the? the unusual situation
1: yeah definitely a a new experience um
0: no no training for this right
1: right no training for this in library school (laughs) usually in the past what we would say is they don't train you for you know handling a toilet overflowing in library school now we can say they don't train you for a pandemic in library school (laughs) (laughs) although they may now (laughs) um uh, so yeah, we have things in place like disaster plans, and um, thankfully, we haven't had to enact that very often um, here, um, but usually those are focused more on um, being more in a in a tor- tornado area, um, focusing on what would happen if a tornado came through. Um, nothing to this degree where you know your building still is physically there, but um, we're just not able to be in that building. So definitely a um, interesting experience. Um, we uh, I think the big thing is being flexible. Um, so we've made plans and recreated plans many many times, um, and and figured out on the fly how to do things a different way.
0: Mm-hmm. So you mentioned um, you know, digital resources, that's nice that you've been stocking up on those to have those available, um, not for this reason, you know, clearly not envisioning this being the reason, but uh, it's definitely useful for these types of situations. Um, I also noticed you were making your Wi-Fi available in the parking lot, that was kind of nice.
1: Right, so um, typically we would uh, have our Wi-Fi hours match the building hours, but we quickly saw that there was a demand for people who um, that don't have Wi-Fi at home or access at home. And then all the other places were closed too. Um, uh, For example, some restaurants in town have Wi-Fi and that would be a place people could typically go. But now those are closed um, to sit in and use. Um, So, and we've had some great um, stories about people who have used their Wi-Fi um, while they're working from home. Um, while they're trying to submit a paper for schooling, Um, so it it definitely has been used a lot. Um, Another thing that it just happened to be, we were in a really good position um, right before we closed. We, We had hot spots that we were preparing to check out, and we just hadn't gotten them out the door yet, and so that helped us in two ways. Um, One, since we still had the full stock of them, we were able to give a couple of those to staff members who didn't have internet at home, and so then they could continue to do their jobs. Um, And then... Um, There were only a few staff members who needed that, and then the rest, we were able to push out the door right away, and so during that curbside, that first week that we had, we were able to um, put circulating hotspots out of the door, and I know a couple people that um, were able to get on the list for those um, were getting them for their jobs.
0: Mm -hmm. So, have those been pretty, have those been checked out? Has that been popular?
1: Thoughts. Yeah, so the the list um, filled up pretty quickly, um, and we we have I think fifteen that we're able to circulate, um, and uh, then it's the the due dates have been a little bit odd right now, so we've let people keep things longer. So, mm-hmm. um, but I think there's still a little bit of a wait list on there.
0: Yeah, how's that been working with um, like due dates and late fees and things like that?
1: So um, the, the as far as the due dates, um, we just have been really flexible with it. We have kept our book drops open the whole time. So if people did want to come and return things, they've been welcome to. Um, but we we've been really flexible with those due dates and we've um, reset them several times. We did finally um, reset them to June 14th and then ask people to go ahead and honor that due date um, because we since we are doing curbside, we want to get those best sellers back into circulation so that um, the whole list can keep moving for that. Yeah, sure. And then as far as fines, we're just waiving all the fines for people during this time period.
0: Okay. Um, is that a is that a broader decision that just coincided with this, not doing the late fees anymore wasn't there like a policy change with that
1: so yes um so we have not done a lot of publicity yet on that because we um are working out the details um but last month the board did approve um going
0: fine free on a more permanent basis okay yeah that's um clearly gotta let things stabilize though before you figure out what that means right yeah so yeah interesting um so what's um What's circulation been like during these times? Is it, is it um, are people getting just as much for just using electronic means or how's that looking? So
1: um, we're certainly, our circulation is down um, from, uh, especially during those months where we were completely closed and didn't have the curbside service, but digital items is up from what it has been. So for example, in May, um, we circulated nineteen thousand three hundred and twenty digital items, and that was a sixty seven percent increase over the previous year. Um, so definitely seeing higher use of the d- digital items. Um, there are, I mean, a little bit less than what um, you would check out, otherwise, um, some some of the factors with that are, I think people check out a lot of kids' books at once, but um, they might not check out as many kids' ebooks at a, a single time. Or we have some other resources like um, tumble books, and that doesn't count as a circulation. It's just you can access those books whenever, and those are um, kids' picture books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then since um, we turned on curbside service, we've circulated um, more than 15,000 items. Uh, and that was, we started that May 12th. So um, that is, I mean, when you think about a lot of those shifts, this was the first week where we are back to really close to our full hours. And um, before that, we were doing four hour shifts um, where people could come on, pick up items. And so that was, that was a lot.
0: Um, And you did 15,000 during that time in that way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I have to say I was really impressed by the organization whenever I've gone to go pick something up. Um, It's not the it's not the worst space, but it's not the best space that you've got. There are some definite constraints. um, And uh, it was it was very well organized. Um, Maybe for those who haven't gone through it, can you kind of walk through what the process is to pick something up?
1: Sure. Well, if you came in before this week, um, you might have waited in line for, I think, up to 45 minutes was the longest wait that we had. But um, now that we have the expanded hours, um, your wait is probably about five minutes. Um, So uh, we've really seen the traffic spread out, which is great. Um, But so you pull in and um, you we do ask that people put their name on a placard um, and put it in their window. That makes it a lot easier for us. Um, if you don't um, do that, we have seen some people get pretty creative writing their names on napkins and um, things that they've just found in their car, or you can shout your name to us. And then we um, run back inside and um, inside the room, which people don't, can't see this part, we have um, what we're calling an inside runner, and that person runs and grabs the, the patron's item, um, and then someone is checking the items out. And then, so it just becomes kind of an assembly line process, where it's passed back um, and then finally makes its way back to the car,
0: waiting okay. on. Have you had to iterate on that process? Like, it was a little rusty at first, and you got better, or is that is that kind of how you set it up at the beginning?
1: Um, we've made a few modifications, um, but it is pretty close um, to what how we started out. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we can ma- we made t- tweaks and and made it a little bit of a more well-oiled machine than in the yeah. beginning. Um, but yeah, it's, sure. the basic process is really similar.
0: Yeah. Um, st- has your staff been adapting okay to it? There are, Yeah. What's going on?
1: I think they've been um, doing really well. They've um, been really flexible. I mean, a lot of changes in a short amount of time. Um, I think uh, staff are, are now excited to be back in the building, um, and then they're doing really well with, Um, being safe, uh, wearing masks when they're around each other. Um, And it's just a really different world. So
0: yeah, it's getting
1: used to.
0: Well, as a patron, uh, anyone who's listening wants to reserve something. So I step I missed was that if you put it on hold, then you need to wait for an email that says that, hey, it's available for you to pick up. So just wait a minute you'll get that email and then you can go over there, um, and grab it. I, I was excited to get my hands on a, uh, game for my kids to play and, uh, went over there too soon. Um, but, uh, but we overall are pretty, pretty caught
1: up now. Originally it was, um, we were about, uh, 10 to 14 days behind because the uh, first day that we placed uh, holds on, um, it was a thousand holds were placed in that first day, and it, that continued for a while. So we, at one point, yeah. we had four thousand holds that we were trying to pull. Um, but now we're really close to um, being able to pull same day or next day. So,
0: yeah. Oh. Um, and wow, four thousand holds. That's, <laughs> that's a, lot, yep. a lot. Of stuff.
1: It came in quickly. <laughs>
0: yeah um from from an individual perspective it just seems like hey it's right there like i know right where the game is it's on the Wii things it's down the bottom just go get it for me but yeah you know if you're if you're three thousands in line then um so i'm glad you're. yeah you're and we have been
1: that. trying to be very fair we've had a few people that were very hopeful and came through right away and said can't you just go grab it and we yeah. had to turn them away and, and tried to be fair and, and do it in the order that they came in.
0: Yeah, that made sense. Um, and uh, I always wear a mask when I come up, too. I assume that that's appreciated as well.
1: Yeah. Um, we definitely ask. There is a walk-up station, and if people are walking up, we definitely would prefer the mask in that case. The, the car is um, uh, definitely preferred, but there is a little bit more of a barrier there, too.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was uh, I was just kind of reflecting on how it uh, like during good during the good times people don't have as much need for the library, but it's during the hard times when you see more of a, a need for it, and um, you know this not just. Uh, Health-related, but then also like economically, a lot of people are are in tough spots right now too. And um, you know the numbers you're quoting to me don't don't surprise me. I guess because when people are having a hard time, they need to go take advantage of that, that public service that you offer. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you're taking steps to be available for them. Um, I think if, I think the general public probably doesn't understand all the ways that people use the library. It's not just for checking out books, right? There's a whole suite of things that you offer to a wide range of people.
1: Right. Yeah. And so that's, um, I think that's one of the things that it's, it has been hard on us because we want to serve the public and, um, but balancing with that being safe and keeping the public safe too, not being in place where people are coming and interacting with each other when there's um a, a pandemic going on um so that that has been the hardest thing i think where we do there are some services that we just can't provide right now um, yeah. but i think we're, we're slowly getting working our way back
0: it's also a community gathering point right yeah you Absolutely. Know, just taking things out so yeah there's yeah. Not, not really any way to facilitate that right now
1: right so, and that that will probably be a while. Um, and right now, our um, holds are staged in our community room. We need that for the space with, um, as you can imagine, with four thousand holds. Um, mm-hmm. um, we we have to use that space, and that's where all our programming and things would take
0: place. So. Okay. Is there anything that comes to mind that you really wish that you had at this time, either like in the facility or technology or materials? <laughs>
1: Well, some libraries actually have a drive-up window. That would have been really nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's something that uh, we are um, – so we've been working on expanding the building for many years. Um, and we're we're in the process right now of working with architects to maybe re-envision what that would look like. And a, a drive-up window is definitely something I'm going to add to that list of, of w- wishes. Um, so uh, – they just um and I think looking forward to. I think we are going to be able to be a community gathering space again. So that's something that our current building we we do have constraints with that. Our community room um, only holds two hundred people in in a normal time, and so having more meeting space um, and larger meeting space is something that we're we're really looking forward to and looking for in an expansion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's just like a more that's a more general need um, just permanently for the library um, is so I I mean me being a local politics guy I've kind of been following the back and forth on that expansion topic um, for a couple of years now and I know it goes I know it stretches back much further I, I believe much much uh, before your tenure in your role too right yeah. um, so I guess like recent history on that um, seems like everyone's on the same page with an on-site expansion of some kind. Um, for those of uh, for those people listening who haven't been following it that close what's what's kind of the um, like what's the elevator speech for why that expansion is needed?
1: I think um, so the last expansion was in 2006 and even then it was um, more of a, a band-aid it was smaller than what was needed at the time so the building was built in um, the 70s and in the 70s our population in Bloomington was a lot smaller than it is now um so as the community has grown the library building hasn't and so we we just can't meet the demean- the demands of the com- community now um because uh the community um demand has grown and um and we, we want to offer more to the community. And sometimes we, we just can't do that because of our space constraints. Um, so a lot of that is the, the meeting spaces, but there is, um, our, even our collection doesn't have enough room, um, for, for what we should be offering the
0: community. What was added in 2006? What was done then?
1: So in 2006, um, the, right now there's a covered parking area in the library. Um, and that, that used to extend the whole length of the building. And, um, so in 2006, they filled in half of that. Um, yeah. and then also there was a, a revamp of the inside, a remodel. Um, and so the layout completely changed at that point. And, um, and made it the way it is
0: today. Yeah. So the entrance and the yeah. book drop area, that's what you, Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, so the, uh, I guess let's talk about the collection first. When, um, when we say the collection needs more room, like how, how significant is that problem?
1: Well, our shelves are pretty cramped. Um, and so, um, we we could um, be able to add more. Some, like right now, we're at a point where um, we probably have to get rid of items a lot faster than we would otherwise. Um, so we're we're um, removing items from the collection based on a um, space need instead of necessarily this items just outlived its uh, life at the library. Um, so there's I mean we still are uh factoring that into our decision making um but we're kind
0: of like when a new one comes in you got to get another you got to pull another one off the shelf so you have a place to put it right yeah um and then the teen
1: area sorry the teen area is one that really is we see that both both with the collection and then the space Um, I mean, that room in a typical summer, it would be full of kids all day long. And it's it's a safe space that they can use and have some positive interactions. And and a lot of it is entertainment that they're experiencing there, but it's it's positive entertainment that um, they're they're acting or they're interacting with people in, in a positive way instead of, um, perhaps maybe getting into a little bit of trouble due to boredom.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, uh, you know, on that point, I guess some would not see that as being a function of a library to provide a, like a, you know, a teen hangout area. How is that, how is that, um, if you think of a traditional library just being focused on books and materials in the collection, how has that evolved to be that kind of space?
1: Sure. Um, libraries have provided programming for many, many years. Um, so we found pictures from the early 1900s of programs that the libraries had, um, mainly children's programming at that time. And I think um, that need and desire has really expanded over the years, though. Um, the community wants a place um, where they're, they're not only learning through reading, but they're learning through um, interactions and, and programs that we offer. Um, so that's something that I think it's still definitely in line with our mission. Our, our mission has um, always been focused on, on providing information and resources and, and a little bit of entertainment in there, too. And um, I think that that's just um, evolved to look a little bit different than it used to. Yeah.
0: Yeah it makes sense to me too like let's say that that's a need you see in the community and wanted to provide some public um you know if if you view it as a public good to have there be something like you said to to draw kids in in a positive interaction instead of them getting in trouble if they're home alone or something like that um i mean they're already going to be at the library they've got if they're there to get books and materials, then having there be a place where they're comfortable to set aside for them um, in that same location seems like a wise choice to me personally.
1: Yeah, and keeping them engaged, too. I think um, there is a, a history of libraries really serving the young kids, and then there's a gap, and, and sometimes people don't return again to the library um, until they have their own kids. And so, um, over probably the past decade or maybe two decades, um, libraries have really started to try to reach the, the teenage, um, group more and not lose them during that gap period. Um, Mm -hmm. and just keeping that library service consistent for them throughout their lives instead of having these pockets of time where the library is useful to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it was interesting to me as I went through, I studied math education, was my undergrad, um, and it was interesting to think through the unique needs of teenagers because um, if you go back 50, 75 years, they weren't necessarily considered, it was like you were a kid and then you were an adult, right? But this transitional period is now recognized as being a unique period in itself and having unique needs in terms of I mean, just even like young adult fiction, right? Hunger, hunger games. Um, I mean, I don't know what Harry Potter fit in there. Maybe, um, that might be a little bit for elementary, but just, um, all these, all these like types of literature that really is aimed at the struggles that people have at that age and entertainment that's, that's aimed at that is, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's own brand. Um, that's what my, my wife, who's on the library board, you know Susan, um, she uh, studied that in library school. That was her focus: was young adult um, literature and young adult needs. So, um, so yeah, definitely makes sense to me that you'd want to have. You, you can't just have a bunch of Dr. Seuss books out, right? And have them feel like that space belongs to them. That's they view that as like kids' stuff. So, um, no, that that makes a lot of sense. So then, uh, there's also some like structural needs for the building too, right? Like there's some critical maintenance that needs to be done all on top of it.
1: Yeah. So we, we do need to replace our roof at some point. Um, and, and then there's always, um, HVAC things that could be improved for, um, even potentially reduced costs, um, more energy efficiencies, um, things like that. Um, as I mean, if you're, some of our things are original to the seventies building. So that's, um, that's pretty aged at this point.
0: Okay. So parts of the roof are still.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. The roof is not original. Okay. Um, the more the HVAC issues. Like I think, um, some of our, our, uh, mechanical equipment is original to the building.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And another thing that uh, I thought was interesting as I was thinking through expansion stuff to go back to the collection thing was the fact that even if there technically is room on the shelves for everything, the more crammed together it is, the harder it is to find things and not being able to turn books. So they're facing cover facing and provide an attractive display that might pull someone in. Um, It's it's sort of daunting just to have a wall of books that are all lined up side by side. Right. Right.
1: Right. And our um, even with an expansion, I don't know that this would necessarily be able to change, but our shelves in the adult section are eight feet tall. And so that's just very daunting to you. You feel like you're, um, the shelves are looming over
0: you almost. That's true. So, yeah.
1: Um, so that is something, I mean, in an ideal world, we could have shorter shelves even, um, but I'm not sure if that's going to be realistic, even with the expansion that we're talking about if we expand to our heart's content, then we could address
0: that, but there's
1: limited space in the world.
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. When I go back in the adult section, I kind of get that feeling from the Ghostbusters movie, like sort of all, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think the eight foot shelves contribute to that kind of like, um, you just want to get in there and get your books and, and, and get out, I guess. Um, and you should want, you should create a space where people want to linger ideally, right? Right. Um uh, but not Maybe not today, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Just talking more philosophically here. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. Um so uh I'm trying to think if there's anything else that comes to mind, um library related. Um I guess right now have you gotten as far as figuring out what the footprint would be is the idea that the parking might go somewhere else and it would expand out into there or maybe the citizen convenience center were moved or is that still just all in the in conversation so
1: a still conversation um so we having um engaged with architects to relook at um, plans. So we had previous plans made, but the feedback was that the cost was higher than, um, than we're, we could look at at this point. And so our, in March, um, we were actually supposed to have our first meeting with the architects and, and start looking at um, maybe what that looks like, um, reducing a price um, point, but really looking at prioritizing and figuring out what options we have. So we're really hoping that our architects can be creative and tell us um, what options we have there. I think definitely we'll be moving into the parking lots um, in some fashion, and um, then hopefully having replacing that parking somehow. Um, at this point, I've told the architects that the the convenience center is. Um, is kind of we will go as far as the south south um, the south side of Jackson Street and not um, go into the convenience center because that is something that we've seen in conversations that is not very appealing to a lot of people. Um, uh-huh. So so we're hopefully looking at right now what options can we work with um, with the boundary um, being the south side of Jackson Street there.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, I um, from a, I'm like a, a city planning type guy. I think a lot about what makes spaces welcoming and accessible. And a lot of times that I've taken to doing is when I'm walking around places with my children, I I see what path they naturally take, and when they start complaining about being tired, because um, them complaining about being tired is not as much about fatigue as it is just about like boredom or lack of interest. So I was thinking about in terms of like getting to the library by, by foot or by bike and what that's like. Um, it is challenging now once you get to the building to get around to the south, to the south side and to try to get in, there's not like a great way for pedestrians to get in there. Um, what I was reflecting on the last time we were in downtown and I said, Hey, let's walk over to the library real quick. And my boys were like, like, Oh, it's so far away. It's so far away. And I started thinking about like, it's not really that far away from downtown, but I think what makes it seem like it's far away is you have to walk past a parking garage and a jail and then cross a really busy street. And, um, like I know it's not within your realm of, control but sort of looking more broadly at the library's connection to downtown some way to facilitate that connection better either through like art or signage or um just like a more welcoming walk that someone could take there and connect um maybe if that entrance was on the north side it might make it a little easier if there was a pedestrian entrance in there i think that mural right on the corner is very neat the the um That was part of the comprehensive plan, I think, to add public art in that way. That makes that corner more appealing. But uh, yeah, I just was—I was just thinking about that recently. The connection of library downtown.
1: That we've definitely talked about how how can we do that from our perspective. And and we've talked about um, somehow tying into an entrance on the north side. Um, Right now there is um, a door on the north side that used to be the original entrance to the library. Um, But it's and we've had it open sometimes, especially during um, high program traffic and um, because we do have uh, arrangements, um, BEX is great to work with. They, they allow us to park in their parking lot as long as they're not having a service at that time. Um, and so uh, we've had that entrance open. But right now, it's from a security perspective, it's challenging because it walks through a hallway um, and there's no sight lines for staff. Um, so the way it's arranged currently, it's it's problematic for um, for us. But I think if we were already looking at the building and re- revamping the building, um, I think that's something that we could definitely try to incorporate. How do we really make an entrance on that north side, and that would eliminate a whole block for your kids?
0: Um, yeah, especially and, uh, one that's at yeah. such an incline, yes. right? That's the. Yeah. Um, fun to go down, but not up. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we do, we do have. So that's a problem for accessibility as well. And um, we have arrangements with people. They they can call us, and we will actually let them in that entrance, particularly when it's icy. Okay. Um. So um, that's something we'll make that accommodation um, for people. Um, but right now, yeah, it's a from the security aspect, it's difficult the way it's arranged right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense um that'd be neat to see though the other thing I was thinking is from the other side if you're trying to ride your bike there and you're coming down the trail how getting from where the trail ends by the um I think there's a mission down there um the home sweet home ministries Mm -hmm. down there. yeah like once you kind of get there and Oakland is gone across it's 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 kind of tricky by a bike to connect into there, too. Um, It seems like it's just it's so close. There's got to be something there, too.
1: Yeah, Um, it has gotten a little bit better. The um, city put in some a better sidewalk um, along the street. So the trail is actually on our side of um, Oakland. Um, So you don't have to cross a busy road at least. Um, but for many for a long time there wasn't a great sidewalk there but that has been um, I think last year they did that they made a sidewalk that's a little bit better there is a little bit of disconnection and you're passing public works so it looks like you're in a very um, almost industrial area and so it's not um, as aesthetically pleasing as it could be but um, it's a little bit safer than it was about a year ago
0: yeah. I should try it again. I haven't um I haven't tried it recently, but um I'll give that another shot. I always try to get everywhere I can by biking and walking. I just um yeah, you know, it's just healthier and kinda more fun when you can do it. And my youngest one just learned to ride this summer, so we're fully mobile now. So we'll try to head over to the library again. <laughs> um well, that's kind of all that was on my mind to chat about. Is there anything else that you felt like was a, um, you know, kind of a important thing to talk about with any of these topics, or anything you want people to be aware of, remind people of?
1: Sure. Um, one other thing that um, this is a a little time-based, but um, starting next week, so the week of June 15th, our bookmobile is um, going to be back on the road. Um, we're internally calling it our holds mobile because, um, it is going to be, um, kind of like a, a, offsite curbside service model. Um, so people won't come on the boat mobile and browse. We'll have the doors open. And I think one door will be used for returns and then one door, you'll say your name and be able to pick up your items. Um, again, we're asking people to wear face coverings, um, when they come and we're starting out with, um, afternoon stops and, and morning and afternoon stops and then we hope to um roll out all our stops soon. Um but we're starting with the just a, a smaller model just to make sure we can work out all the bugs with it.
0: So does the bookmobile have a set route that it goes?
1: It does. It has a three week rotation. Uh, okay and so it goes to each stop once every three weeks. Um so okay.
0: so you can find that information on the website I assume? Yep. Okay. Neat. June 15th, right? Yeah. All right. Um, That is good to know. Uh, My last question for you is outside of the library. There's a lot of people doing a lot of really neat things in in Bloomington and Normal to try to help other people, COVID-related or not. Just wanted to give you a chance to give a shout-out or some recognition to somebody that you know who's doing some good things in the community or an organization that maybe's uh, doing some good things. Anything come to mind?
1: Um, I've been really impressed with, um, I know there's, um, Eastview Food Pantry has been, um, serving a lot of meals during this time. Um, and I know they're partnering with some other churches, um, like Vale Church in, in particular, um, to really mobilize and, and act as a point where, Um, They can serve the people that are hungry in our community right now. So uh, great job
0: to them. Awesome. I'll I'll find some information on that and put it in the show notes if anyone wants to, to check them out. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, one more thank you to our sponsor, Play Normal Esports. Um, I think they're going to be open as soon as possible because um, people are going to need stuff to do during this summer when there's so many things getting canceled. So keep an eye out. They will um, be announcing on their website as soon as, and on Facebook as soon as they're open. Um, normal gadgets is open for all of your broken appliance and phone and laptop needs if you're like me and keep breaking your laptops and um bre law call them if you got a legal problem they can talk you through it and um they're there for you when you need them and i think we are done